You are listening to Section 5, Fables 81 through 100 of 300 Aesop's Fables, translated by George Filer Townsend. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. Recording by Mike Armenta. 81. The Crab and Its Mother A crab said to her son, Why do you walk so one-sided, my child? It is far more becoming to go straight forward. The young crab replied, Quite true, dear mother, and if you will show me the straight way, I promise to walk in it. The mother tried in vain, and submitted without remonstrance to the reproof of her child. Example is more powerful than precept. 82. The Heifer and the Ox A heifer saw an ox hard at work, harnessed to a plow, and tormented him with reflections on his unhappy fate in being compelled to labor. Shortly afterwards, at the harvest festival, the owner released the ox from his yoke, but bound the heifer with cords and led him away to the altar to be slain in honor of the occasion. The ox saw what was being done and said with a smile to the heifer, for this you were allowed to live in idleness, because you were presently to be sacrificed. 83. The Swallow, the Serpent, and the Court of Justice A swallow, returning from abroad, and especially fond of dwelling with men, built herself a nest in the wall of a court of justice and there hatched seven young birds. A serpent, gliding past the nest from its hole in the wall, ate up the young unfledged nestlings. The swallow, finding her nest empty, lamented greatly, and exclaimed, Woe to me, a stranger, that in this place where all others' rights are protected, I alone should suffer wrong. 84. The Thief and His Mother A boy stole a lesson book from one of his schoolfellows and took it home to his mother. She not only abstained from beating him, but encouraged him. He next time stole a cloak and brought it to her and she again commended him. The youth, advanced to adulthood, proceeded to steal things of still greater value. At last he was caught in the very act, and, having his hands bound behind him, was led away to the place of public execution. His mother followed in the crowd, and violently beat her breast in sorrow. Whereupon the young man said, I wish to say something to my mother in her ear. She came close to him. 
and he quickly seized her ear with his teeth and bit it off. The mother upbraided him as an unnatural child, whereon he replied, Ah, if you had beaten me when I first stole and brought to you that lesson book, I should not have come to this, nor have been thus led to a disgraceful death. 85. The Old Man and Death An old man was employed in cutting wood in the forest, and in carrying the faggots to the city for sale one day, became very weary with his long journey. He sat down by the wayside, and, throwing down his load, besought death to come. Death immediately appeared in answer to his summons, and asked for what reason he had called him. The old man hurriedly replied, That, lifting up the load, you may place it again upon my shoulders. 86. The Fir Tree and the Bramble A fir tree said boastingly to the bramble, You are useful for nothing at all while I am everywhere used for roofs and houses. The bramble answered, You poor creature, if you would only call to mind the axes and saws which are about to hew you down, you would have reason to wish that you had grown up a bramble, not a fir tree. Better poverty without care than riches with. 87. The Mouse, the Frog, and the Hawk A mouse, who always lived on the land, by an unlucky chance, formed an intimate acquaintance with a frog, who lived for the most part in the water. The frog, one day intent on mischief, bound the foot of the mouse tightly to his own. Thus joined together, the frog first of all led his friend, the mouse, to the meadow, where they were accustomed to find their food. After this, he gradually led him towards the pool in which he lived until reaching the very brink. He suddenly jumped in, dragging the mouse with him. The frog enjoyed the water amazingly and swam, croaking about, as if he had done a good deed. The unhappy mouse was soon suffocated by the water, and his dead body floated about on the surface, tied to the foot of the frog. A hawk observed it, and pouncing upon it with his talons, carried it aloft. The frog, being still fastened to the leg of the mouse, was also carried off a prisoner and was eaten by the hawk. Harm hatch, harm catch. 88. A man bitten by a dog. A man who had been bitten by a dog went about in quest of someone who might heal him. If you would be cured, 
take a piece of bread and dip it in the blood from your wound, and go and give it to the dog that bit you. The man who had been bitten laughed at this advice and said, Why? If I should do so, it would be as if I should beg every dog in the town to bite me. Benefits bestowed upon the evil disposed increase their means of injuring you. 89. The Two Pots The river carried down in its stream two pots, one made of earthenware and the other of brass. The earthen pot said to the brass pot, Pray, keep at a distance, and do not come near me, for if you touch me ever so slightly, I shall be broken in pieces, and, besides, I by no means wish to come near you. Equals make the best friends. 90. The Wolf and the Sheep A wolf, sorely wounded and bitten by dogs, lay sick and maimed in his lair. Being in want of food, he called to a sheep who was passing, and asked him to fetch some water from a stream flowing close beside him. For, he said, if you will bring me drink, I will find means to provide myself with meat. Yes, said the sheep, if I should bring you the draught, you would doubtless Make me provide the meat also. Hypocritical speeches are easily seen through. 91. The Ethiop The purchaser of a black servant was persuaded that the color of his skin arose from dirt contracted through the neglect of his former masters. On bringing him home, he resorted to every means of cleaning, and subjected the man to incessant scrubbings. The servant caught a severe cold, but he never changed his color or complexion. What's bred in the bone will stick to the flesh. 92. The Fisherman and His Nets a fisherman, engaged in his calling, made a very successful cast and captured a great haul of fish. He managed by the skillful handling of his net to retain all the large fish and to draw them to the shore, but he could not prevent the smaller fish from falling back through the meshes of the net into the sea. 93. The Huntsman and the Fisher A huntsman, returning with his dogs from the field, fell in by chance with a fisher, who was bringing home a basket well laden with fish. The huntsman wished to have the fish, and their owner experienced an equal longing for the contents of the game bag. They quickly agreed to exchange the produce of their day's sport. Each was so well pleased with his bargain that they made, for some time, the same exchange day after day. 
Finally, a neighbor said to them, If you go on in this way, you will soon destroy, by frequent use, the pleasure of your exchange, and each will again wish to retain the fruits of his own sport. Abstain and enjoy. 94. The Old Woman and the Wine Jar An old woman found an empty jar, which had lately been full of prime old wine, and which still retained the fragrant smell of its former contents. She greedily placed it several times to her nose, and drawing it backwards and forwards, said, Oh, most delicious! How nice must the wine itself have been, when it leaves behind in the very vessel which contained it so sweet a perfume. The memory of a good deed lives. 95. The Fox and the Crow A crow, having stolen a bit of meat, perched in a tree and held it in her beak. A fox, seeing this, longed to possess the meat himself, and by a wily stratagem succeeded. How handsome is the crow, he exclaimed, in the beauty of her shape and in the fairness of her complexion. Oh, if her voice were only equal to her beauty, she would deservedly be considered the queen of birds. This he said deceitfully, but the crow, anxious to refuse the reflection cast upon her voice, set up a loud caw, and to drop the flash. The fox quickly picked it up, and thus addressed the crow, My good crow, your voice is right enough, but your wit is wanting. 96. The Two Dogs A man had two dogs, a hound trained to assist him in his sports, and a house-dog taught to watch the house. When he returned home after a good day's sport, he always gave the house-dog a large share of his spoil. The hound, feeling very much aggrieved at this, reproached his companion, saying, it is very hard to have all this labor, while you, who do not assist in the chase, luxuriate on the fruits of my exertions. The house-dog replied, Do not blame me, my friend, but find fault with the master, who has not taught me the labor, but to depend for subsistence on the labor of others. Children are not to be blamed for the faults of their parents. 97. The Stag in the Ox-Stall A stag, roundly chased by the hounds and blinded by fear to the danger he was running into, took shelter in a farmyard and hid himself in a shed among the oxen. The ox gave him this kindly warning. Oh, unhappy creature! Why should you thus, of your own accord, 
incur destruction and trust yourself in the house of your enemy? The stag replied, Only allow me, friend, to stay where I am, and I will undertake to find some favorable opportunity of effecting my escape. At the approach of the evening, a herdsman came to feed his cattle, but did not see the stag, and even the fond bailiff, with several laborers, passed through the shed and failed to notice him. The stag, congratulating himself on his safety, began to express his sincere thanks to the oxen who had kindly helped him in the hour of need. One of them again answered him, We indeed wish you well, but the danger is not over. There was one other yet to pass through the shed, who has, as it were, a hundred eyes, and until he has come and gone, your life is still in peril. At that moment, the master himself entered, and having had to complain that his oxen had not been properly fed, he went up to their racks and cried out, Why is there such a scarcity of fodder? There is not half enough straw for them to lie on. Those lazy fellows have not even swept the cobwebs away. While he thus examined everything in turn, he spied the tips of the antlers of the stag peeping out of the straw. Then, summoning his laborers, he ordered that the stag should be seized and killed. 98. The Hawk, the Kite, and the Pigeons The pigeons, terrified by the appearance of a kite, called upon the hawk to defend them. He at once consented. When they had admitted him into the coat, they found that he made more havoc and slew a larger number of them in one day than the kite could pounce upon in a whole year. Avoid a remedy that is worse than the disease. 99. The Widow and the Sheep A certain poor widow had one solitary sheep. At shearing time, wishing to take his fleece and to avoid expense, she sheared him herself, but used the shears so unskillfully that with the fleece she sheared the flesh. The sheep, writhing with pain, said, why do you hurt me so, mistress? What wake can my blood add to the wool? If you want my flesh, there is the butcher, who will kill me in an instant. But if you want my fleece and wool, there is the shearer, who will shear and not hurt me. The least outlay is not always the greatest gain. 100. THE WILD ASS AND THE LION A wild ass and a lion entered into an alliance so that they might capture the beasts of the forest with greater ease. The lion agreed to assist the wild ass with his strength, while the wild ass gave the lion the benefit of his greater speed. 
when they had taken as many beasts as their necessities required, the lion undertook to distribute the prey, and for this purpose divided it into three shares. I will take the first share, he said, because I am king, and the second share as a partner with you in the chase, and the third share, believe me, will be a source of great evil to you, unless you willingly resign it to me and set off as fast as you can. Might makes right. End of section 5